Devotions from the Goat Pen on the Parker J. Cole Show. Hi, and welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host, Neva Bowden, and her book, Devotions from the Goat Pen. Now, I know that was probably the least thing you expected me to say today. And it's funny because I actually have a goat story that I'm going to share a little bit later on in the broadcast. We're used to hearing about sheep, especially in the Bible, and we're used to hearing about goats. But for some reason, we tend to find sheep more palatable, I guess, the goats, because he said, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats, right? We want to be a sheep, not a goat. <laughs> so here... Neva is doing something different where she's going to tell us about how very much we are like goats and how we can use that in our daily walk with Christ. This devotional is a 30-day devotional that will give you words of wisdom. As always, I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors for the past nine years. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash right stuff. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net. And so without further ado, let's bring on Neva. Neva, are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me today. I really am going to enjoy. <laughs> and with goats, again, you say on the back of your book that goats are trouble, fun, and lots of work. And I can't think of a better way to describe the believers of Christ. What do you say? I would say that. And I would think that perhaps sometimes God looks down on us and said, I don't know if I should have developed goats or even created them. <laughs> or they're awfully good in some ways, and they're awfully much like people. I think with goats, they also have a weird connotation with them. We know that goats are stubborn, and they're hardy, and they do all sorts of things that are just mind-wracking, and yet we love them. And when you, dear listener, get a copy of this book, Devotions from the Goat Pen, you're going to see some lovely illustrations and pictures of goats within the pages as Neva guides you through this 30-day devotional. Now, Neva, tell me, what was it that made you want to write this book? For some time, I've thought about writing a devotional, and of course, I've read a lot of devotionals, but I wanted to do something that really touched people that would be interesting and would still be able to show people that as Christians, we don't always know what we're doing. We have doubts, we have fears, and a lot of things that go along with being a Christian, we don't always all have it together. And I wanted to be able to show people that. And I was standing in a goat pen one day, my grandchildren raised goats, and watching all these little guys doing their thing. And it came to me that there was a lot of behavior that reminded me of myself as well as people I know. One thing I found of interest is something I didn't know about goats. And you say here in the introduction of your book, today some charities encourage you to purchase goats for people in poor countries to help sustain life. I thought that was highly significant. What are some of the byproducts that goats can give these people in poor countries? Well, for most of them, they are purchasing milk goats. And so they're getting milk, and it's very nutritious milk is what goats give. But they also produce meat. So they're getting two different types of sustenance when they do purchase a goat. 
Now, that may be like a silly question for me to ask, but I thought that was interesting because now you also compare it to here where he says, as a sacrifice for sins, a source of meat and milk, or just for enjoyment and inspiration, goats are a gift from our Father in heaven. And sometimes when dealing with their shenanigans, we might learn some interesting things about ourselves. And I couldn't help but remember, and right now I'm in Leviticus for our devotions that we do daily, and Leviticus is full of offerings. What is it? Burnt offerings, sin offering, some offering, you know. And like, I won't lie. I'm not going to lie. It's not like the most favorite part of reading the Old Testament. But the more I thought about it, I said, can you imagine every time you sinned that you had to go up to the altar and sacrifice a goat or sacrifice her love or sheep and every time? Well, we run out of goats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we run out of them. And I think that was the whole point. Obviously, we know that was the whole point. But at the same time, you use these animals to show us that as caretakers, we're dealing with stubborn animals, but we also love them as well. And so I want to dig into here. Before I do, I want to let our listeners know the function of this devotional. So can they go to any page and just start reading? Is it in any particular order? What's the best way for the reader to really get the best value out of your devotional? Well, they can certainly start at the beginning. And I do have some friends who were using it as their daily devotion. But you can really go to any page and start reading. I did not put them in any particular order. I basically used a picture to springboard my devotions, and I have a lot of pictures of goats, thanks to my grandchildren. But there, any place is good to start because every devotion deals with something different in my life and perhaps the life of other Christians, perhaps some type of doubt, perhaps some type of feeling down or depressed or just wanting to pout. Maybe I have a couple of devotions on wanting to pout because I have these dear pictures of little goats pouting. So anytime, any place is good. And it can be used 30 days in a row. You can go back to it. You know, it's not set up for any day of the month so that if you miss a day, you feel like, oh dear, now I got to start at a different day and I've missed that one. It's just there for you at any time. So I told our listeners that I was going to share a goat story. And to preface this, I have to let people know that I am a city girl, born and bred. The closest I've come to being on a farm was a couple of years ago when I saw a horse for the first time in real life. And it was quite frightening. And I remember rubbing its nose after my hands shook for a minute. And it was so soft. It was velvety soft. And I remember the sharp smells in horse saws over at, and they're very majestic creatures. And I saw the horse, but I was again terrified because I don't like my animals taller than me, which is not too hard to do because I'm only what, five, five foot two. So, so I was online with a friend of mine and she said on her Facebook page, she said that she was talking about goats, something about the goats. And someone said, and I didn't quite catch that. So someone said, we had a nanny drop two kids in the snow. And me being the idiot, I thought she meant a woman dropped off two kids in the snow, right? And I'm like, what awful, horrible thing. And then it took me like three seconds later. I said, oh, wait, she's talking about ghosts. That's what they're called, <laughs> right? And I never felt so city-fied in my life. Like, I just had this horrible vision of this, these poor children being thrown out of a car in the middle of the, of the snow. That's what I kept getting this image of. And so... I guess like a goat, some people have more imagination than others, but I just thought that was hysterical. And so as you read this book, you're going to see these lovely pictures of goats, and they 
head off one of the devotions. And the one I want to talk about first, because there's many of them in here, but the one I want to talk about first is actually one that I suffer from quite often. And it's hard to quit multitasking. That's exactly what this says. And why did you think this would be something that someone would need to read for devotional as opposed to anything else? Because that's one of the issues I deal with. I love being involved in a whole lot of things, multiple things, and I'm usually trying to direct or take care of multiple things at once. And I did this in my career. I was a nurse for 50 years, but I had management jobs and so forth. And I do this in my personal life now that I'm retired. I really don't feel or look that retired. So I thought there's got to be other people. And I really think it's one of the things we deal with in our modern society. We are all so busy uh, paying attention to so many different things, not only radios, TVs, noise that's going around us, but we have a lot of different tasks. As we have gotten more appliances and things to do things for us, we think we should be doing more other things. And it just seemed like something that for me sometimes takes my attention away from God. And I just felt it would be something that maybe others would be it would be advantageous for them to think about and maybe read about what I do about it. I love the part in here where you're talking. And you talk about your mother, who must have been superwoman. And you say here, our culture is geared to multitasking and accomplishing all we can in as short a time as possible and with all the gadgets and conveniences in the home. Then you move down and say, my mother stayed home, did all the cooking, worked in the field, milked cows, gathered and washed eggs, and throughout about half of her 54-year marriage had a ringer washer requiring manually putting each piece of wash clothing through a ringer and hanging it on a clothesline, the canning, milking cows, taking care of the children, and keeping an eye on the farmstead coincided with the harvesting men needing lunch in the field. And I'm sitting here going, I picked eggs last year because it was fun. <laughs> You know what I mean? Your mother sounds absolutely amazing. And when you think about that and you contrast it with how we multitask then and now, what are some of your insights into that? You know, back then, and I did grow up on a farm, and so I took part in a lot of the activities that my mom did also. We had more time to think. At the time, we didn't listen to music in our ears or have a lot of noise pollution is what I kind of call some of this modern stuff. And so we could still think about God while we were milking cows. We could still say prayers. We could still think about him while we were washing clothes or walking out to the cow pasture to bring the cows home. There were a lot, lot of instances. There was a lot of multitasking, but there were instances where we still had a little more time to consider ourselves, consider our world, consider our God our families. And so I do see multitasking in today's world a little differently because many of us are talking on the phone while we're driving the car or we're listening to music or I know people who dictate books on their phones while they're driving their car. We try to get a lot of things into our day-to-day that requires a lot more concentration and a lot more attention away from peace, away from God. So it's a little different multitasking today, I think, and we have to be more mindful of how we're doing it. I think that's a good point you made there, Eva. Another thing you say in here is your mom tells you about, she told a time my toddler, firstborn sister to the pins, lining the opposite side of the milking station while she milked cows by hand. 
see that right there, Neva, that's anathema <laughs> to me because I'm a city girl. You get milk from the store, <laughs> right? But you use all of this to try to let us know that we need to be careful about taking on too much. And then you have a prayer in here to help us do that. But I love the verse that you chose here. And let's tell our listeners what that verse is to really hone in on your point you're trying to make here. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's seat, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being encouraged or concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I think so many of us, me included, we identify with Martha perhaps more than Mary. And it's hard not to because we see the things that need to be done. And so we get up and do it. And we think that's what our job is. And we love how the Lord gently rebukes Martha. He wasn't being mean to her. He's like, you're so busy doing everything else that you're really missing the opportunity here. And we all know, had we been able to switch places with Mary, we would probably have kicked Martha over trying to get to sit at the feet of Christ. So I totally love that you put this in here just to help pin in what we're trying to say when it comes to multitasking. The next thing we're going to talk about is something that's very dear to my heart. I talk a lot about self-esteem, especially what I have struggled with when I deal with low self-esteem. And you talk about beauty is in the eye of the beholder, even in the goat pen. And you go from Song of Solomon saying this, You are beautiful, my darling, beautiful beyond words. Your eyes are like doves behind your veil. Your hair falls and waves like a flock of goats winding down the slope of Gilead. Now, Again, the city girls in me, I see a goat and I think about those weird looking eyes. <laughs> There's nothing pretty about that to me. Okay, absolutely nothing pretty. But here he says, your hair falls and waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. In some manner, I'm kind of glad that, you know, terms of beauty have changed over the years. Because if my hub told me your hair is like goats, I'm thinking, what, you calling me nappy? You know, <laughs> come to mind and stuff like that. So go ahead. Tell us what's going on here. Well, again, I think most of us struggle with self-esteem and maybe at different times, maybe not always, maybe always. But it just seemed like something that God wanted me to write about. And I look at all those goats in the pen and I thought about that verse and it is such an incongruent verse for me, because like you said, who wants their hair to look like a flock of goats? Yeah, that's really sexy. <laughs> and I thought this man really didn't know how to talk to his girlfriend at all. But at any rate, it's really in the eye of the beholder and God sees us all as beautiful, whether we look like a flock of goats or not. And he is the one we need to be concerned about. But again, it is in the beauty. It is in the eye of the beholder and God is our true beholder and the one that we need to be concerned about. And he made us. If we run ourselves down, we are actually criticizing his creation. And I feel that that is something that a lot of us miss, myself included. We think we're maybe being humble. And instead, we need to just say, thank you, Lord, for making me as I am. And I know you see me as beautiful. I love how you say here, God understands how we are drawn to beautiful things. 
And you say here, I gave you expensive clothing of fine linen and silk, beautifully embroidered and sandals made of fine goat skin leather. I gave you lovely jewelry, bracelets, beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and a lovely crown for your head. And so you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric and were beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest food, choice flour, honey, and olive oil, and became more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the world because of your beauty. I dressed you in my splendor and perfected your beauty, says the Sovereign Lord. And that's Ezekiel 16. And for those of you, all of these are coming from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible. And you also mentioned something here. You mentioned about Adam and Eve, and you also mimic a question that I've often had. You say here, I wonder what Adam and Eve looked like. No one else to compare themselves to. No impossibly perfect little Ken and Barbie dolls. God created Adam and Eve in his image, and they were naked and beautiful to him. And I love the way you said that because they didn't have anyone else to compare themselves to. I highly doubt they had low self-esteem. If anything, they probably had to deal with things after the fall. So, but low self-esteem wasn't one of them. Why do you think this is significant for part of our devotion here? Because again, they saw themselves before the fall in God's eyes. And God sees us all as beautiful. We are his creation. He made us as we are. And Adam and Eve saw that then and would not have thought about looking at themselves in any other way. The last devotion we're going to just touch base on is one I think is highly important. And we did a deliberate thing where are we too busy to hear God, which is multitasking? Are we too inward about ourselves that we're not hearing it? And now we're going to talk about, is God trying to get my attention? And when you look at the picture here in the book, Devotions from the Goat Pen, which is available wherever books are sold, there's a picture of a goat and he's peering through a fence. And you say the little goat in the picture tapped small hooves on his mother's back to get her attention, but she continued to rest, contentedly chewing her cud. The little girl lying ahead of me at the supermarket chanted, Mom, 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 while her small hand tugged on the mother's clothing. Her mom was busy chatting with the clerk while unloading her. The mother steadfastly ignored the small summoner. Was I like that? Did I ignore my children when they wanted my attention? Too many years have passed for me to remember. Do I ignore God? He's trying to get my attention. That right there really struck me in the chest. And I think it's a good place for us to really let people know that these devotions are going to show you where we can always strive to do better when God is trying to get our attention, even if it's the goat. So tell us what was one of the other elements you want us to gain from this particular devotion. I think mostly that we all struggle with our faith at times. We all have questions and we all find ourselves not doing what we think we should or not behaving as we think we should. And this is so normal. This is us. This is a child of God. And I just wanted to share how I get through those times with my life to share what others might be feeling and thinking and just to know that we are all in the same family. We are all children of God and we are all the family and we are all King's kids. I love how you say here, how does God summon us? It may be through a friend, an organization, or an opportunity we hadn't sought. 
Then you go on to read, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. And that's Hebrews 12, 25. I love that you put that in there because if God is trying to get our attention, it's obviously some obviously for his will. It's obviously for us to get better at this thing called following him. Now, to our dear listeners out there, these are just some of the devotions that are in devotions from the Go Pen. There's one that says the budding head is instinctive. And let me tell you, the picture here, cute as a button, but there are two goats butting heads in this picture. There's also one that says, if only I could hide in a warm corner. And then another one says, what about us? And it shows two goats overlooking the fence, obviously wanting to get somewhere. So there's so much to this small devotion that I know you're going to enjoy. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of Devotions from the Goat Pen by Neva. And it's available wherever books are sold. Now, Neva, in the few moments that we have left, what are some words of wisdom or nuggets that you've learned over the years that you want to share with our listeners today? Be persistent in talking to God if you think he's not hearing you. Know that he is hearing you even when we don't feel like it. And also stop and wonder, how might he be getting my attention? How might he be talking to me now? And how might I talk back? And I think that's just crucial. And to know that he is just always by our side and willing to be our friend, calls us friends in the Bible, and is always there for us, no matter how much we think we might be off course or straight from the course or even be ignoring him at times, which I know I do. Neva, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Really enjoyed having you. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Well, thank you so much. You are a gem for inviting me. And we were talking today to Neva Bodine. She is the author of Devotions from the Goat Inn. It's a 30-day devotional that has lovely pictures of goats, wonderful words of wisdom, and very interesting titles to grab your attention. It's not done in any order. Just go ahead pick up your copy, and then just start reading. One thing that she said that I neglected to say earlier in the broadcast was this, why do we call Jesus the Lamb of God and not the Goat of God? Because goats and lambs are both used in the Bible. I like what she says here. While goats and lambs were sacrificed in the Bible, Jesus was likened unto a sacrificial lamb. Goats can be stubborn and troublesome with their curiosity and need to chew on things while sheep are more likely to follow paths set before them. Perhaps that is why Jesus was known as a sacrificial lamb of God. He obeyed God, followed the path God set before him, and was gentle like a lamb. Did that resonate with you? There's so much more of this in this book when you pick up your copy of Devotions from the Go Pen, available wherever books are sold. Go ahead. Don't be stubborn. Don't act like a goat. But if you're going to act like a goat, please know that Jesus still loves you anyway. He just has to get you back on track. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious blessed day. And God bless. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 